When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, my homie, to part two of this freaking incredible episode with my dude, Devon Franklin, who is teaching us how to navigate the scary freaking world of modern dating while staying actually true to ourselves and our core beliefs. It is hard, but he's got so many juicy tips to share with us today. And we're here to remind you that if you're struggling right now, you're not alone and we are here to help. Now, if you're trying to figure out if your current bow is actually the forever bow, then stay tuned because this episode is so freaking packed with tips that you can actually take and use. Now, if you haven't listened to part one yet, stop what you're doing right now. Go back and start with that episode right before you listen to this. Trust me when I say it's going to be so worth it for you to learn from the very beginning. I love this episode so much with him that I didn't want to stop recording. There was so much to learn that you better freaking believe I'm going to ask him to come back for another round because there's so many nuggets that he shared and so many that he can keep sharing. So without further ado, here is part two to my inspiring, freaking awesome, mind-blowing conversation with Devon Franklin. I think it's more powerful as well. To your point, like for me, if I point the finger at somebody else, I can't do anything about it. But it <laughs> right. Like now it makes me go back to what I was saying earlier about, but it makes me feel powerless. Totally. But the second I can go, oh, like I love using this language and I totally get that other people don't. But I was like, oh, at least it's all your fault. Now, look, I'm not saying <laughs> I want to caveat if it's cheating, infidelity. Like I want to put that aside. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but at least for me, like if there's a health problem, oh, at least it's all your fault. If there's a, something wrong, and even my relationship with my husband, where let's say we can't see eye to eye, I'm like, well, I can't force him to see it my way. Right. So how can I take ownership? How am I thinking about this? And then how? what are the things that maybe I need to pivot or look at? Because if I just think that I'm perfect, then again, it doesn't solve That's right. any issues. Um, so I find it more powerful to look inwards and say, what is my part in this? Yes. Um, because then I can act in accordance and I can pivot, but you can't yeah. force other people to pivot. Yes. Or you don't pivot. Mm -hmm. You say, yeah. you know, I've thought about this. And no, how I feel is how I feel. Mm. And that may mean, you know, we don't have a resolution in this moment and that's okay. I can sit in that because I've really thought about it and I've looked at me and I'm clear that this, how I'm looking at this is not something that I actually can change or want to change. So it's all right, I'm going to sit in that. Or I look at it and say, you know, I can't pivot my thinking on this. That's cool. You know, but I think so often when it comes to the changes we make, sometimes we feel a temptation to want to change ourselves just for harmony in the relationship mm -hmm. or change our perspective just to get through a conversation. 
And that may actually still be a version of betraying and abandoning ourselves. Because when we stand, you know, in the strength and the truth of who we are, and we do that evaluation, say, yeah, I could change, but I don't want to change that part. I don't know. I, I feel comfortable how I'm looking at this. So, mm-hmm. you know, we may just have to sit in the idea that there's a difference of an opinion and see how time works it out. I have an agreement with my husband, so I've been married for 21 years. And we have that agreement that you never apologize if you don't actually mean it. And we've pinky swore with each other that we don't do (laughs) it. So there are times where we'll be arguing and it's like, it'd be so much easier if I just said that I was sorry, we would move on and we would have a, you know, happy vacation or anything. But it's like, no, these are the moments where A, I've never thought about it actually as abandoning myself. But now that we're talking, it's really hit me. A, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm sorry because if that isn't true, I need to live in integrity. Yes. Um, and then B, the the problem won't be solved if I say I'm sorry and I'm not actually sorry. And now if the problem is not solved, how does it then um, rear its ugly head in another way down the road? Absolutely, because it will. And I think this is the thing that, you know, I've been learning and, and it's definitely been a journey, which is um, truth. You know, what is the truth? of this situation? What is the truth of the dynamic? What is the truth? Again, versus like, you know, playing in the reality, or I mean, playing in the fantasy of it. Like, well, what's the truth here? What's true for you? What's true for me? Okay, let's talk through that. Not the truth you want it to be. Not the truth you want me to see, but the truth. Because sometimes there's a lot of fear around that. Well, if I'm truthful, I'm gonna lose. Well, if you're truthful or if I'm truthful, and I lose someone or something, did that someone or something belong? Because how can I operate in my truth and be at a loss? No, I'm actually at a gain. Because if someone or something leaves because of my truth, I've actually gained, not lost. But it goes back to that accurate thinking. We gotta have a different mindset about it. Yeah, God, that hit me really hard. Um, And then even with the truth, to your point, there's going to be two different people's truths. That's right. And being in film, the one thing I actually love is like, if this was a script, how would I write it? <laughs> yeah. Because there's a very big difference to, between what was said and how yes. you interpreted what was said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and this is one of the, the tips and tools that I would highly recommend for any couple, uh, you know, whether just dating in a relationship or married. Um, you're in a conversation and pause and say, here's what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. Right, or or you can even ask your partner the question. Okay, I've said I've said something. Tell me what you heard, and then you hear what they say, and then you get a chance to say, "Well, no, that's not what I was saying. I was saying this," because it's all about accurate thinking. The more inaccurate our thinking, the more inaccurate our life. And so, when it comes to dealing with two people, because we have fears and insecurities, those things distort what somebody's saying. We immediately start to say, well, what does this mean about me? And that person may not even be talking about us. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to say, okay, I want to hear your truth. I'm going to create space for your truth. And let's also have a feedback system so that I can repeat back to you your truth. And you can say, yes, you heard it correctly or no, you heard it incorrectly. And let me make an adjustment. Yeah. God, there's so much nuance in the way someone says something. Oh, my goodness. They will interpret it the way that their background, their history, their entire life has taught them to hear that message. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And that and that sometimes can be f- so far away mm-hmm. from, you know, what is uh, being said. I mean, literally, I went through this in, in a dating situation and, you know, I said something and she had a response and I said, well, okay, let's pause. Tell me what you heard me say. 
Because it was a negative response? It, it just was, it was not, a, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was negative or positive. The response just wasn't in line with what I said. Oh, okay, right. So it was revealing to me that maybe she heard something different. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, tell me what you heard me say. And she repeated it. And I said, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I said, this is what I'm saying. And this is what I mean. And what I'm saying and what I mean has nothing to do with you, has everything to do with me. And she was like, oh, okay, got it, okay. Because what I said initially was a trigger for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she was triggered for all the things you just said, like, you know, all the experiences that she had and how she's lived life and certain experiences she had. I said some things that triggered what previous situations were. Oh, well, when a guy says this, this means this about me. And I was like, well, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Let me repeat it. Let me articulate it differently because I really want you to hear my heart and what my intent is because my intent is more about revealing what's going on with me, not an indictment that you're not enough. You're more than enough. I can say that and that's a fact. Now what I'm revealing has to do with where I am and what I'm thinking. And it was really good to have that exchange to be able to clean some of that up. And it really helped you know, us navigate that moment. I love that because it did multiple things. Number one, it gained clarity in the moment. Number two, it, especially when you're dating, it allows them to kind of see how you want to interact. Yeah. Um, and then three, I think it was a beautiful way for you to say, hang on, you haven't quite heard me, but I respect you. Yes. Um, I think that's a beautiful way Absolutely. of it. I mean, create space. We mm. got to create space for each other. You know, no one's going to say things every time perfectly. And, you know, no one's going to hear things, you know, every time accurately. So, you know, we, we create space to have the mutual respect, to be able to have enough bandwidth and enough, you know, elasticity in our dynamic to allow for corrections and, you know, clearing up misunderstandings and all of that. I love that. Have you heard of still manning? Still manning? No. Yeah. So um, I don't know who coined it, but me and my husband, we still man each other. And what it means is you have to pretend you are the other person. And now you have to take my point of view and articulate the point of view as if you're me. Oh, that's cool. I love that. So instead of repeating what someone's saying, saying like, as if I was the one, like, I believe that I am worthy, so I have to say it like I am you. <laughs> and you have to say it with conviction. I love you can't it. you have to actually say it as if yeah. you were the other person. Yeah. And it has really changed the way we understand each other because the nuance in words, in meanings of words, are very different. And so you repeat something based on what you believe is your meaning of these words. Yeah. But when you but when you're still manning, you have to pretend it is your position. And with the communication piece, there's kind of like these um, two different sides to it. So there's a communication of what you're saying, and then there's a communication of what you actually mean. So kind yeah. of what we're saying here. The problem is that I found a lot of women in relationships, the man will say one thing. I'm just going to say men because most of my audience sure, is yeah, females. Yeah, it's cool. um, the man will say one thing, but then he'll go and do something completely different. <laughs> okay. So the biggest thing that I hear from my audience is they'll say that they love you, that you mean everything to them, and then they'll go and have an affair. Yes. How do you, as a guy, think about the disconnect between what someone says and what they do? Mm -hmm. And then as thinking through that women are listening right now, how can we not make it about us? Because I think a lot of women, especially when it comes to just infidelity, they think they go back to I'm no good or I'm a bad person or, um, you know, uh, what even in what we're talking about, like what can I do better? I think that if they even have that mindset of what can I do better, 
especially if their partner has cheated on them, it makes them feel like they are the cause of that infidelity. Okay, first and foremost, no one can control anyone else. Someone's actions are revealing of who they are, not because you did something that made them do something. If ever someone says, oh, I cheated because you weren't giving me this or that, that's an excuse. No, you cheated because you're a cheater. And that's not a judgment. That's an acknowledgement of fact. So, okay, you cheated because that's what you wanted to do. If there was a problem, we could pause, we could communicate, we could try to sort it out versus like taking matters in your own hands and doing that. So first and foremost, it's really important to know that even in something like cheating, that if you're the person that was cheating on, it wasn't, you weren't cheated on because there was something wrong with you, because you don't, you know, you're not doing enough, you're not becoming enough. You were cheated on because that person's a cheater. First thing. Second thing is, and you're talking about from a male point of view, so why do we cheat? A lot of times, as men, men will cheat nothing, which has nothing to do with love. So a, a man can really say, like, I love you. And that same man who sincerely may love the person he's with may still cheat on that person. Now, I'm not saying that as a justification. I'm not saying that is right. That's why I wrote the book Truth About Men, so that we as men can, can stop and think before we act. Because it doesn't matter how much a man loves a woman, there still is that lust. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it tries. And I think sometimes, you know, going back to what you said earlier, like we're raised on all these fantasies that like, oh, you know, Prince Charming and, you know, Beauty and the Beast and all of that and Elsa and all this kind of stuff, you know, and that, those are fantasies. Meaning just because someone has an attraction for someone else doesn't mean that they don't love you. The issue to me is not the attraction, it's the action. That's the issue. I don't believe that the requirement for a healthy marriage is you're never gonna be attracted to anyone else. That's just not realistic. For a healthy marriage, I would say, be attracted to who you want. But if you are tempted to act on it, we need to talk about it, <laughs> right? And so, so often as men, and again, I am not making excuses for cheating. I'm just trying to yeah. articulate the thought process. So as men, we are taught, you know, Shut up, don't cry, suck it up, be a man. So we're taught don't express ourselves. Expressing ourselves most of the time as a man growing up is met with some act of violence or ridicule. So as a result, we hold it in. And you know, we're taught, you know, if you're a man, you gotta you know, conquer the world, you gotta have this sort of job, you gotta have this sort of money, you gotta marry this sort of person, you gotta have this many kids. So men, you know, buy into that. But what happens is buying into that, those things don't make you happy. And no matter whether or not men communicate well or not, every man still has the need to communicate and to express themselves as every woman does. And so if you as a man have all these thoughts and feelings that you don't have space or room to express, you're gonna go look for an outlet to release. And that doesn't justify cheating at all. I don't think there's any justification for it. But if you're looking for, you know, an analysis or an understanding as I understand it as a man, sometimes that comes from a release. Like over here, I have to be Superman. Over here, I can just be a man. You know, over here, I feel like I've, I don't have the, the space in the room to articulate because I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't created that space. Not because my relationship hasn't given it to me, I as a man haven't taken it. So then I do the easy thing. 
The easy thing is, well, let me go over here and, you know, have somebody on the side. Or let me go over here and, you know, tell this person all of what's going on and, you know, in the relationship and not doing that. That's the easy way. The hard way for us as men is to first identify what kind of man do I want to be? Do I want to be a cheater or do I want to be a champion? Champions don't cheat. And cheaters will never be champions. I got to decide what kind of man I want to be. So if I say, hey, I want, I'm a man that wants to be a champion. Okay, great. What do champions do? Communicate. What do champions do? They take it for the team. They do what's in the best interest of the team. So if you are in a relationship, one, and you're starting to feel these feelings and you're starting to, you got to pause and say, babe, we got to talk. We got to talk. We got to talk. Because in this dynamic, I need more space to just express myself. I need more space. Whatever your issue is, communicate first. And the second thing is like, okay, let me not put myself in situations that are going to work against the team, right? So there, there you may come across someone, you, you know, you may be in a relationship, you may come across someone that you're attracted to or whatever. You say, okay, that's cool. I can appreciate, yeah, that person is very attractive, but I'm, I'm committed. So as the champion that I am, I'm not going to go start playing for another team. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I'm a champion. And the champion wins for the team I'm on. Now, if I'm no longer on this team, cool, maybe we can talk about it. But until then, like I can acknowledge, oh yeah, you're attractive, but I'm not gonna put myself in a situation that would tempt me to act on that attraction because I've made a decision about my identity. I'm not a cheater, I'm a champion. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easier easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams 
a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. That's so strong. Oh my God, there's so much there. So um, I'm so on board with it being that uh, just because you're with somebody doesn't mean that you don't find other people attractive. And that was so freeing to me Yeah, because I was like, Oh God, I don't have to pretend that I don't find Brad Pitt attractive. Like, thank God, you know, right, like, right, of course. you know, um, but my, my, my ex-boyfriend before I got married was very jealous. And mm. so literally mentioning Brad Pitt's abs as we're watching Fight Club, he lost his shit. And it was like one of our biggest arguments that we had. And That's why after, he's your ex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank God I was young enough to have learned that lesson. Yeah. And then I met my husband and like on the first date, he's like, of course you can find other guys attractive. He's like, you're, you're human, you're a woman. And there's, you know, 7.5 billion people or whatever in That's the world. Right. So to think that this happens to be the one yeah. is actually a disservice yeah. to the relationship because I think it's more powerful saying the one doesn't exist, but you're the one I'm choosing to be exactly. with That's right. forever. And that is actually more romantic that yes. you can find all these other people attractive and yet you choose to be with me and I choose to be with you. That's right. That's right. It's not about the attraction. It's about the action. Yeah. Um, and then the communication part. I am trying to really understand what it's like for guys. Like even though my show is Women of Impact, I think it's super important to really understand the the opposite sex and how they think and how they um, acts. And so that question, thank you for being so transparent and honest. Like I yeah. really just want the truth. And so even when I think about that and the dynamics between men and women, um, I've heard, I've done just done a lot of interviews with psychologists on relationships. And the number one thing that women look for in a relationship is to be seen, mm. to actually be yep. seen. And I've heard you talk about the importance of seeing if your partner takes notice of you. Uh, yeah. And I thought that that yeah. was so beautiful yeah. to, as a um, way to really see, am I seen? Because there are moments where maybe you feel down on yourself or you feel insecure and you don't realize that you are being seen. Yeah. And so talk to me about how sure. we start to identify um, whether we're being noticed or not. Yeah. So, okay. So a couple of things, one that came to mind, I'll come back to the question, but what came to mind when you were talking about truth, you know, in my experience, you know, and again, I, I usually never like make generalizations about men and women, but I'll do this just to kind of articulate this point. In my experience, you know, uh, one of the Tom Cruise's and Jack Nicholson's like famous movies is called A Few Good Men. Mm -hmm. And there's a famous line, you know, where Jack Nicholson, you know, says, you can't handle the truth. And so in my experience, a lot of times as men, we are hesitant to share our truth with the women that we're with because when we've done it before, we weren't met with open arms. We were met with ridicule. We were met with anger. We were met with, you know, frustration. So it's like, oh, wait a minute. I can't be truthful with you because it's going to set you off. And so the greatest to me relationship is a relationship that has enough space for everybody's truth. Not the truth we want, but the truth that is. Very different. And allowing there to be enough space in the relationship to hear some truth that you may not like. But you know what, I'd rather hear it here and I'd rather know it here than for us to say, you know what, no, there's not enough room to be truthful. And so everybody starts doing other things. 
So that's one of the things that I definitely feel uh, is important, you know, to create room for truth and really allow, you know, uh, and again, speaking more general, allowing a man the room to be truthful and for that man to allow the woman to be truthful. Now, when you're talking about, you know, being seen, uh, it comes down to just in terms of me as a man, again, not only identifying who I want to be, but also identifying how I operate. And here's what I mean by that. I believe, here's how you can tell the difference between a man who is healthy and a man that's toxic. The man that's healthy is looking to be of service. The man that's toxic is looking to be served. So if I am a man that's only looking to be served, I'm not gonna see you. Because I'm only gonna see you through the lens of how you service me. If I'm looking to serve and be of service, then I'm gonna see you. What's your need? What's your thoughts? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? What do you wanna do? How do you wanna do it? Well, why do you think that? Why do you feel that? Oh, wow, you put some lashes on today. Oh, okay, you got some extensions in. Like, because I'm looking to be of service. So I'm actually evaluating what's in front of me and identifying how I can make a benefit or make a contribution versus looking at it from like, what, what's, it, what's in it for me? What am I gonna get out of her? What am I gonna get out of this? You know, so being seen is essential. And I think it's something that, you know, if I could add anything to the modern dating landscape, it would be this, sight. See people as they are, not as, not as how you'd like them to be. And take the time to notice them. Because so often in dating, dating a lot of times the way we're, you know, kind of socialized into it, is so much about, well, what can we get from this person? Versus, I just want to get to know who this person is. I want to see this person. I want to experience this person. That's a very different dynamic than what can I get? You know, so sight and being able to see and being able to just be and say, hey, you know what? Not for me, but man, this has really been great to get to know you. It, there's, I think sight is the thing that could change everything because so often most people in my experience are not seeing. They're projecting. I love the way you broke that down. Um, how do you feel about uh, feeling appreciated? And the mm -hmm. reason why I ask that is that in a lot of studies out there and just interviews that I've done with psychologists, men really want to be appreciated. They want to yeah. be seen, but they <laughs> actually want to be appreciated. Yeah. And I heard a story a long time ago about Jim Carrey and he divorced and he ended up telling a story about that was so profound. It really hit me. And me and my husband use this all the time. He goes out and he feels like he's conquering the world, right? Like he's got like a traditional mindset that his wife's at home and he's providing for the family. And he goes out and he's conquering the world by doing these movies, putting so much time and energy into being the best and showing up every day. And then he comes home and his wife says, can you take out the trash? Mm. And he said, that was the moment that he felt like he wasn't appreciated. Yeah. And that was the moment that he then felt his relationship had broken. Absolutely. And that was really profound for me because I think for me, I'm always, you know, like anybody in my own head. And I think a lot of women do want to be seen. But then the other side of men actually want to be seen, but also appreciated for them, traditional or not, going out and conquering yeah. the world. And my husband says the same thing. He's like, babe, I feel like every day in business, I'm slaying the dragons for you. And he's like, and I'm a warrior. And I am coming home with blood on my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and I feel proud that I've done that. Like, I, I feel good about being able to show up for sure. you and the family and provide and put a roof over your head. And he's like, and I want you to appreciate 
the fact that I'm going out and slaying dragons every day. Yeah. Now, for me as a female who is in business with him, I'm like, but I'm slaying dragons too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and yeah. so it's really been this interesting dynamic discussion that we've been talking about. Yeah. And then really kind of piecing apart the importance of a guy feeling appreciated. And I didn't judge him or put him down for it, right? He was very honest about what he was looking for. And so that then triggered the, how do you feel appreciated? Like, what's that mm -hmm. thing that I need to do where you feel appreciated? Because I feel like I'm showing appreciation. Yeah. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that. You know, as men, I would say we probably want to be respected more than we want to be loved. And I look at appreciation as a subset of respect. So when you give that Jim Carrey, you know, analogy for him, what he was experiencing is like, I'm not being respected. What I'm doing to provide for our lifestyle and all the things that are that go into that, that I have to do for this all to happen, you know, and then I come home and it's like, take out the trash. It's like, oh, I'm not being respected in this. I'm not being appreciated. My contribution is not being respected because in that dynamic, I'm assuming he was feeling like, well, take out the trash. Oh, so you're trying to like tell, like, I don't care who you are out there. Here, this is what you're gonna do. And that as a man is difficult because we do wanna be appreciated. We do want to be respected. We do wanna know that, you know, not only just what we do, but who we are, that, that, that there's appreciation there. So I'll use it as an example. A lot of times what, and again, this is general. I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing in a way I don't normally sure, to answer yeah. your question yes, about the women that you. are listening. Because I, I just, you know, I give close qualifications. I don't like to generalize. So in my experience, you know, what will attract a woman to a man is just who he is. His essence, his aura, his determination, his, you know, confidence, you know, what he's doing in the world and how he's doing it. Those things are very attractive. So then what happens sometimes is that what attracts a woman to a man is then the thing that the woman wants the man to stop doing so much, <laughs> which, is, which, which then makes the man feel underappreciated. It's like, well, wait a minute. What got you here in part was me being so committed to my career and me being so committed to my purpose and my calling. And then now all of a sudden that's a my calling is a liability for our love. How does that work? So part of the appreciation is to say, I love what my man is doing. This is awesome. And if it's like, hey, I love what he's doing and I'd like some more time, you can still articulate the need for time without feeling like what the man is committed to is causing a problem. Because the commitment to his calling is what got most you know, women to want him in the first place. Because he's ambitious. He's got a vision for his life. He's out there doing it. Ooh, that's attractive. And now that I'm with him, well, don't do that so much. No, 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 no. You're out there too much. What? How? No, no. If you like who that man is when you marry him, support him on the other side of it. You know, I know for me in times when I've felt appreciated, it comes from being seen. I see what you're doing. Wow, that's amazing. How, how are you doing all this? You know, when in terms of what women who I felt appreciated from would say, you know, the interest, the curiosity, paying attention, you know, wanting to know the details, all those things make me feel appreciated. Like, oh, you're actually involved in my story, right? Like you're really in the details of my story. Wow, I feel so appreciated. Because a lot of times you'll deal with people and they're talking about them or they don't remember what you said because they weren't paying attention, it didn't, didn't, didn't matter to them. So for me, I feel appreciated when someone's in the details. Oh, wow, right. Oh, you said this last time, Devon. Now you're saying this. Tell me about that. How was that experience for you? I say, wow. 
So as men, we want to feel appreciated. We want the women in our lives to be in the details of what we do and ask us questions. Well, how do you do that? There's nothing better as a man than to be asked those questions. Well, how do you do that? Well, why did you do that? Tell me more. Oh, well, let me tell you what I did, baby. Let me, you know, yeah, let me, that's why I did. And this is how I think. Like, it's like, oh, wow. She's interested, not in just what I do, but who I am. She's interested in how I think. She's interested in how I process information. I feel appreciated greatly. And in the situations that I've been in where I didn't feel appreciated, I didn't feel the person the, that those people were in the details of my life. You know, it was more about what I could do for them and how I could service them. Not so much like, hey, you know, Devon, you are a man that's of service and I see that and, and I'm gonna respond by being a woman of service. You know, I see that and I appreciate that and I love that about you and I'm gonna be a partner in that. So that is not just a one way, you know, street. Did you articulate it to them in those moments that you didn't feel appreciated? Um, you know, I do not think I have ever articulated it that way. I felt it, but I don't think I've ever used it. You know, I think at those times when I felt unappreciated, I think I've just, you know, had the conversation of like, hey, well, you know, I don't feel like you're that into me. Mm. <laughs> it's more That's that. very different though. It's <laughs> very different, it's very different, you know. Um, now from this conversation, I might say, oh, I might just use that language. You know, I don't feel that appreciated in this moment or, you know, and then, that, then well, why don't you feel appreciated? Well, here's why I don't feel appreciated. But yeah, I think I've used it more of like, well, I don't think you're that into me. You know, I don't think that, you know, there was a situation that I, a dating situation that I ended. Cause I was just like, no, you know, you are not appreciating, you know, who I am and the sacrifices that I have to make to do the things that I was doing for this particular individual that I was dating. And I just felt like the response to it was, you know, I was like, oh, so this, this is, you're just used to all, okay. All right, if you're just used to this and this is just, you know, you're not, you don't appreciate all that, I, that goes into me doing this for you, that's cool. I'm just not gonna do it for you. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop doing what I do, but I'm gonna find the right person who appreciates it. Uh, I'm gonna push you a little on this because she may have thought, and I don't know, obviously, but she may have thought she was showing appreciation. And so there's a big difference between what you think you're doing and then how the person's perceiving it, right? Absolutely. And it's like the love language, where it's like for the longest time, my husband, like he was just busy. And I'm like, I feel like you're always busy. And he's like, babe, but I'm always telling you I love you and I think of it. And I was like, but that's, that's not my love language. He's like, what's your love language? I was like, time. So, or just like really thinking that he's thought of me. So for like, Three years after, he's like, well, how? tell me exactly what I need to do. So for me and him, it was very much like, if you boiled the kettle for me every morning when I wake up, the kettle's already boiled. And now I feel like, oh, you've thought about me mm. before you've even seen me. That makes me feel really good. So I don't have to see you um, all day. Like me and my husband basically don't see each other unless we're kind of working Monday to Friday. And that's just a relationship that we've agreed on and we love. But in those moments where he's just boiled a kettle, now I feel like I've been seeing that, like, oh, he knows how much I want a cup of tea. <laughs> right, right. And then the other way around, it's like, okay, um, I want you to think about my dinner, for instance. And I'm like, okay, do I have to cook your dinner? <laughs> or can I order Postmates to right, be delivered? Right, right, right. And so even getting that like detailed, he's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, if you've just thought about me and you've ordered Postmates, it makes me feel appreciated of how hard I'm working because you know I don't have time to eat. Mm. And so really kind of even stripping apart the way that we perceive it. So even with you with this other woman, obviously I don't know the situation, yeah. 
But if you hadn't articulated it to her, she sure. may not have known and she may have thought already that she's shown the appreciation, but it didn't land with you. This is true. And this is going back to the evaluating. Mm -hmm. It's like, hmm, okay, yeah, Devon, you know, you may have wanted to just articulate that, you know, you weren't feeling appreciated and here's why, instead of drawing a conclusion about her intent that you didn't even ask her about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There is no doubt about it. Now, I feel like my intuition, you know, about the situation was correct. However, you know, there was, I should have had in a direct conversation, you know, and I did, I did have a part of it, but it wasn't as clear as we're talking about it now. So, you know, me getting to a better place within myself or not even such a better place, but even a stronger place to be able to articulate, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not really feeling like you appreciated that. And that's not for me trying to manipulate. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I was really excited to do this for you. And your response kind of took the excitement away. Like it just wasn't that big of a deal for you. So, you know, why is that? You know, like ask the question yeah. instead of just assuming, oh, you're, you're ungrateful. That, that's totally part of the growth. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think a lot of us, I've heard you even speak about this, about the unspoken expectations that we oh, yeah. have when we go into relationships. Yes. I mean, that's unspoken. Unspoken expectations are relationship killers because, you know, we have these expectations of how someone is supposed to respond, how they're supposed to communicate, what they're supposed to do. We never articulate what those expectations are. We never get agreement from them to meet those expectations, but then we treat them as if we have. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking someone's supposed to read our minds and then we get mad at them and we draw a conclusion about their intent when we have never expressed it. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what's, something's not right here. We're the ones that are crazy. To expect something of someone that they are not even aware of and then get mad at them as if they are aware. So the idea is like any unspoken expectation is going to kill your relationship. So the key, you don't have to give up the expectation, but you got to communicate it. Mm -hmm. Here's what I expect. Can you meet it? You know, I expect the kettle to be on in the morning. Can you do that? And then your partner can say, well, yeah, I can do that. Cool. All right, great. So then you can hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. You told me I can expect the kettle to be on and it's Wednesday and it's not on. I can be accountable because we had the conversation and I know what the expectation is. But if you get mad at me, you know, if you're, you get mad at your partner, the kettle's not on. It's Wednesday. It's not on. Well, babe, we never had the conversation. Well, you don't love me. What, what do you mean I don't love you? Well, I didn't know that, that the way you would like love is to be expressed is through the kettle. If I knew that was the expectation, I could tell you I can meet that or I can't. It's about accurate thinking. It's about accurate communication instead of just assuming. And this is where our beliefs around love can then be a liability because we assume, oh, if you love me, then you'll know. Well, when, 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 how does that happen? We find love and all of a sudden we get a sixth sense. That <laughs> we're like downloading everything this person wants without having to ask them. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It's like, no, like I love you and now I need to learn you. I need to learn more about you. Part of learning is like, hey, here's what, what are you expecting? Here's what I'm expecting. I mean, you all, you know, do phenomenal business. The people you're in business with, how, why does the business relationship that you've been in, how do they succeed? Because you're both clear on the expectation. We're clear what's expected from this partnership. So as a result, we can deliver. Whenever the expectation is unclear or unspoken, it hurts the partnership. Because then people start getting mad and frustrated and drawing inaccurate and incorrect conclusions when there isn't accurate thinking, communication, and expectation. I love that you said we have to learn each other. Yes. 
That's so beautiful. I've never thought about it like that, but that's such absolutely. A- that goes back to being seen. That goes back to, you know, being appreciated, learning. Like, think about it. You're spending time with someone or sharing your life with someone, and every day that person is changing. You know, we're not stagnant. Every day we change in some way. So every day there's something new to learn. You know, I think some of the best relationships are when there's that curiosity and that openness to get to learn our partner. Instead of assuming, well, I've been with you for you know 20 years, I know you. Well, you may have known me, but you don't know me now. Because what I thought 20 years ago, I'm different now. Or what I thought 30 years ago, or what I thought 30 days ago <laughs> is different. So being open enough to be able to, and curious enough to say, hey, I wanna get to learn, I wanna learn you. I wanna learn more about you, I wanna learn how you think, I wanna learn why you say certain things. Why, what, you know, and, and, and in my experience, because in dating, there is, that's not always the dynamic, you know? I've been told like, oh, wait a minute, like I've never had to, you know, when I'm dealing with certain uh, women that I've dated, wow, I just never had to think about these things. Like you ask me questions, no one's ever asked me in my life. And I say, wow, that's cool. You know, I get that it may be a little uncomfortable because you've never had to think about it, but that's cool. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that because I want to learn. I want to learn who you are. I want to learn what you do, why you do it. That's essential. How can how can love grow if learning has stopped? You know, people love the game of golf. You know, I got a lot of friends in golf. They love it. Why? Because every time they get on the course, they're learning. Okay, wait, how am I gonna, what, what club do I need to use to, to hit it this far? And what do I need to do to be more accurate? And there's never a time you're, you're on that court or on that course, excuse me, and you're not learning because you love it and you want to learn as much as you can. So often with love, we think, oh, once I'm married, I got the person, I know all there is, and we stop learning the person. And what happens? Love stops growing. Instead of saying, I, now, when we get married, now I get to learn you for the rest of my life. Mm. The learning really starts now. Great. It's just a different sh- way to think about it. It's a mind shift. It really is, and it allows you to realize that there's always things you can know about each other and that just like learning if you're going to school well, you need constant classes where they're telling you what to learn in order for you to actually learn itself, like the teaching. (laughs) So when you're thinking about each other, you need to articulate so that person can actually receive so that they can learn about you. And so there's the unspoken expectations. You're not teaching that person how to love you, how to show the appreciation, how to You're assuming that they're going to know. Yeah. But I think it comes back to if you've been in a relationship for a long time, I think part of it becomes the feeling of not being seen, where it's like, well, if they see me, then they'll know. And I used to be a culprit of this. Like I was like, <laughs> oh, my husband, he would just know. And so I hinted to him about a, a 10,000 different things, just hinting, because A, I didn't mm-hmm. feel confident in myself. And because I didn't feel confident in myself, I felt like if I speak up or if I just said something that maybe he didn't realize, I think that I would have felt insecure over it. So I was like, well, if I just hint to him, then I'm not putting myself out there and then eventually he'll get the hint and mm. then he'll show it. But it's like, it just, I realized after a long time, I was setting him up for complete failure. Absolutely. Because he's, you're, you're giving him a test that he doesn't even know he's taking. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens in relationships. We start testing people. It's like, why, why, do we, why are we testing someone? Why don't we just articulate, hey, here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I would like. Here's what I would want you to know. Instead of testing them, well, let me see how much they love me. Let me see what they do. Then we wonder why it doesn't work. You know, because you didn't even know, you, someone didn't even know they were being graded. 
They just were being themselves. But had they known, they would have made an adjustment. And this goes back to what we've been talking about, which is when I know I'm one of one and I know I'm worthy and I'm valuable, then I, I feel good about advocating for myself. I can communicate and say, hey, I don't want you to assume certain things. I'm changing. And I need you to know what those changes are. You know, here's how I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Versus like, well, if you don't know, then you clearly don't love me. Well, if you don't know, then clearly you're not into me. No, because then that also becomes a, a mechanism to avoid rejection. So it's like, oh, well, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be, well, let's pause. Why don't you want to be rejected? What about rejection is so painful? It's not the rejection. It's our value that we associate with whatever we're being rejected from. So if someone rejects me, that's a reflection of their choice and decision-making, not me. But what happens is when I'm rejected, when we're rejected sometimes, our ego takes a hit, right? Like, well, no, I, would, I, don't, I, I can't handle, you know, being rejected because I believe I have an idea of who I am. And, you know, and it's like, well, okay, so if we're so attached to that idea or image, the rejection shakes that. Rejection is not a re revelation of our, someone's lack of self-worth. It's a rejection of whoever made that. It's a projection of whatever that person is. You know, rejection to me is redirection. You know, rejection can be protection. But so often we attach our own value to it. And then as a result, our ego gets involved versus saying, oh, okay, this is happening to me. Rejection is not something I'm praying for, but if it's happening, all right, why am I being rejected? What are the circumstances of that? And having enough self-confidence to be able to not internalize the rejection. Like, yes, I'm going to put myself out there with my partner and I'm going to be vulnerable with them and they may reject me. But the price of vulnerability is worth the possibility of rejection. Because vulnerability leads me to victory, regardless to who can handle it or not. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to live another day in my life where I, I'm not going to be who I want to be and express how I want to express and live how I want to live for fear that someone's not going to accept it. Them not accepting me is a, uh, a reflection of them, not me. Mm. I love that. But also just to add, if they are rejecting you, I actually personally want to know why and actually see if there's any truth in it. Because again, if that can actually help me get stronger, sure. right? Like I just kind of go to business, right? Or, uh, you know, um, I've been rejected in business a lot, but it's actually motivated me sure. to go, oh, they're right. I, I'm not skilled enough for this. And sure. actually now I can get skilled. So even in a relationship, if they reject you for X, Y, and Z, I think it's an opportunity to look to see, instead of taking it internal and say, I am bad. That's right. You can still internalize it and say, is there something here to teach me so that I can actually get sure. better? Absolutely. But even in that job situation, you know, that person that is rejecting the deal, they're rejecting it because of what their needs are. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, ah, it's, it's not ah. that, that you're mm -hmm. not good enough. Mm -hmm. It's like you're great where you are. It's just you're just not, you know, you're not providing what I need. Mm -hmm. Right now, you're right. Now, okay, I can take that in and say, all right, well, maybe the development that I need to do for my business is to get to a place where I can offer more services to be able to meet greater needs. And as a result, I'll be able to generate greater revenue. Cool. But still that person that's rejecting you is rejecting you based upon their needs, not your inadequacy. I love that clarity. Thank you. I am now shifting in real time. I love that thinking. I think it's so powerful. Devon, I literally could just keep talking to you. Your <laughs> wisdom, your ideas, your thoughts, your knowledge are so profound. Thank you. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Where can people find you Likewise. and everything that you're doing? Oh, uh, you know, on social media, 
you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram, at Devon Franklin, same thing on TikTok, uh, same thing on Twitter, at Devon Franklin Official on Facebook, and then everyone can go to my website, devonfranklin.com, and, you know, I got a lot of knowledge and things there and all the books and all that stuff.